just a couple things you know so you know where we are in the life of the church. I, I just, uh, um, I've been working this weekend on a, an Emmaus walk and uh, um, get the opportunity to do that every once in a while. For those of you not heard of that, that's a four-day retreat. Uh, it's designed to help you understand God's love in a way perhaps you never had before. It's a thing that's been crafted out and and uh, it's a, just an excellent vehicle for folks to sort of take that next step in their, their spiritual life. Uh, um, it's still going on. I, I stepped out to come back and, and preach this morning. But uh, if you ever get the opportunity to go on that, you might uh, seriously consider it. And, you know, there, as you hear people talk about it, sometimes uh, it's a little hard for them to talk about what the details. And, and sometimes that comes off wrong to folks. You know, they'll say, well, I can't tell you everything or it's secret. Um, there's some surprises that happen, and uh, they're just trying not to ruin it for you, and some people just aren't as eloquent as I am in describing that. So, um, but uh, the, uh, but it, it is a, re, uh, a tremendous weekend. In fact, uh, Lori, my wife, is the, uh, the women's leader for one coming up here in three weeks, and it's not too late. If, if you would like to do that, uh, you could get signed up. Uh, we'd need you to do it in the next week, but you, you could go and uh, it, it it is uh, it's a powerful thing it um it's it's just remarkable to be able to to see what god does so also this morning we uh we baptized uh, our administrative assistant uh we didn't baptize her we baptized her her daughter uh, uh maddie and uh we're hoping that drove all the demons out so that uh, she's not crying in the office anymore but um uh but uh, she, uh, uh, we celebrate with that family as they, they baptize their, their second child. Well, as, as, as I was telling the kids, you, you notice a new look uh, in, your, in your bulletin. Uh, we, we've, we've got new bulletin. You had new communication cards. We got new name tags. Uh, we got a new logo. Brad Grolke, back at the back there, he's, uh, he, he met with me this summer, and he helped us design. He's tremendous at that, and I think he did a great job. And, and we're going to... But what we are doing this morning, we are, we are shifting gears. For five years, we, last week, God Grooves and Grub, we, we celebrated five years of being an official church. It was actually September 23rd, 2003, that we became an official congregation. We had been meeting before that, but five years ago, we became an official congregation. And over that five years, we have had a tremendous ride. We have seen God do amazing things. We have we have been witness and a party to just incredible things. And none of us thought five years ago that we'd be sitting in a place like this, being able to worship. But, but, but in that five years, as you, you know, when, when they first called me and said, hey, David, we, we want you to go to, uh, to Austin and, and start this church. I, I, some of you heard this before, but I wasn't familiar with Austin. All I did was drive through the corridor on I-35. I thought it was ugly and trafficy, and and didn't want to have anything to. And that's where all the wackos lived. I heard, and 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 so I didn't want to have anything to do. I had no idea about Lake Travis, and so I reluctantly agreed to this interview for the position. And when they drove us out here, I. At that point, you couldn't see as many houses from the road. I was sure they were sending, I thought it was just a secret ploy to get me out of the ministry that they sent me to an un, unpopulated area and, and get the joke, okay, I'll go start a church out there. Uh, but, 
But in, once they made that assignment, once we, we decided to, to go forward with it, the next question became, how are we going to form this church? Who are we going to be as a church? And we prayed, I prayed I had people all over the nation praying with me. We, we worked hard on coming up with an understanding of a vision of who God was asking us to be. And that's what, that's what we've been riding for five years. And it's not, and, and it's not, it's not a, it's not a stationary thing. It's a, it's a dynamic thing. We're constantly chasing it. God, you can't hold him in a box. You can't grasp all of him and think you understand him. You constantly are just trying to keep up with where he's going. And that's what we try to do as a church. And, and after five years, we said, you know what? God has done some tremendous things, but we need to make sure we're keeping in step with who God is and what he's asking us to do. And as we've been evaluating over the last year, as we've been thinking and praying and, and talking about who we are, you know, we started to see that, that we were getting off just a little bit in some areas. You know, if, if you're flying an airplane and heading across the world and you get off even one degree, you're going to you're going to be in a place you didn't want to end up. And it's sort of the same in church. You know, as, we, as we're trying to do ministry, life happens and circumstances happen and we got challenges here and challenges there. And so we, 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 we know where we want to head, but we make a little compromise here. Or, you know, ten, three months later, we, we, it's not really what we wanted to do, but we, we needed to do something. So we made, made a decision there. And, 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 you know, after five years, after one month, if we're not careful, if we're not making sure that we're connected to who God is and where he's heading, even though we say we're a church that's trying to serve God, we can become, a, we can become way off course. And so what we have been trying to do the, the, last, the last year and what we are sort of launching for you this morning is some corrections to get us back on it's not that we made complete mistakes. It's, it, in a lot of cases, we're just this far off. But that far off is a long ways when you're dealing in eternity. That far off is the difference between being authentic Christians that are relevant and contagious to people in the world and just being meaningless hypocrites who, who talk religion but don't live it out. Just that far to make that difference. So what we're trying to do is, is to reestablish who we are. The, the, great, the greatest thing Brad did, the design work is great, but the greatest thing he gave me is this statement right here. It's our tagline. And the moment he said it, my, my, the wheels in my head just started going. Because what better way to be able to talk about who we are than with a statement like this? This gives us a way to talk about what we think, what our core values are as a body here. This gives us a way to talk about what our priorities are going to be about. This gives us a way to talk to the people in the community to give them an idea of what we think is important. It, it, you're going to be hearing more about it for the next six weeks, so I'm going to be talking about it in regards to our ministry plan here at the church. We are going to be, we are going to be talking about our ministry plan for, for the, the foreseeable future here. And, uh, but today I wanted to, 
to, to sort of introduce it and give you a, an idea of, of where we're heading. You know, the, this idea of, of getting off kilter, it's, it happens all the time. We're people. We make mistakes. We get, but you know, the biggest problem is us. We think the whole world is about us. I mean, th- that's the battle of spirituality. If you're going to boil down religion, if you're going to boil down the, the problem in religion, it's one letter, I. We all have too big of eyes. We all think that our eye is too important. We all think our eye supersedes all other eyes. And so we spend too much time worrying about what I want, what I think, what I need, what I... We do a lot of eyes. And when we do I, we replace God with I, and God doesn't get replaced by anything. You either have him as Lord of your life or you don't. If you move anything into his place, he's no longer your Lord. And so what we are trying to do is say, what, what is it? that And this, this happens over and over. It even happened in the New Testament church. Our scripture today is from Galatians. And this, uh, as you're reading Paul's letters, Paul was not really good at talking to people in loving ways. And I'm sort of like Paul in sometimes. But, um, and... And this letter starts off so warmly. As you read it, it's, you know, this is a community that Paul helped start. It was a faith community he helped start. He came in, he got it going, then he stepped out. And then he's writing back to him because he's been hearing reports. And he's writing back on him to, to check in and to give him some instructions. So the letter starts out, oh, dear Galatians, you mean so much to me. I, 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 I just have fond memories of you. I remember the great things that we did there and everything. And then you get about halfway through the first chapter and he just does a U-turn. And it, it, I love you, I love you, and, and I, I think often about you, but I cannot believe how quickly you became idiots. I mean, that's basically what he says. And then for the rest of the book, he, he goes on to just slap him upside the head over and over and over. I cannot believe that you so quickly turned away from the truth. I can't believe that you so quickly abandoned what you knew was right and started to do things in your own way. I can't believe that you so quickly stopped trying to follow God and started trying to follow um, yourselves. And so we're going we're to take a portion out of that text. It's Galatians chapter 5. <coughs> Beginning in verse 16. I'm going to stop and make some comments along the way. So I, so, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I just want to make sure you understand that. The Holy Spirit is the promised gift from, from Jesus Christ. If, if you remember, when he was crucified, when, when before, after he rose again, before he ascended into heaven, he said, I am leaving you a gift. I'm leaving you a partner, an advisor. I'm leaving you my presence, my spirit that will guide you, protect you, nurture you, grow you, transform you. It's my power, it's my wisdom, it's my strength, it's the image of me that you're missing. He says, I'm going to give it to you. And I know some of you come from different faith traditions, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but let me tell you the way I understand the Holy Spirit and the way I understand the way that God gives it to us. It's 
it's not something that you have to go looking for. It's something that God gives you when you ask. If you believe in the Son, then you also have the Father and the Spirit. They are one. We don't always live in the fullness of Spirit. We don't always claim that. But the Spirit of God is within you. In the Old Testament, you had to travel to the temple. The priest had to go inside the Holy of Holies. It was a special place. You had to go find God. But you know where the Holy Spirit dwells now? According to the New Testament? Right here. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go looking for God. He's right there. You, the Holy Spirit inside of you, that power of God that can change you from who you were to who you can be, that power of God that can take the, the darkest, deepest sinner and turn them into a passionate disciple for Christ, the Spirit of God. So he says, let the Spirit guide you in your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Then you won't be doing what I want. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. Angel, devil, you know, cartoon, duh, 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 duh. that's real. There, it goes on. It's not a cartoon and it's not funny. It's a battle we face every day of what I want to do or what I should do. Of what I, what I think I want or what I know I should do. What is right? It's constant battle. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide you there. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you in the right place. Your desires are going to lead you in the wrong place. And you might argue that and you might balk at that, but come back to me at the end of your life if you govern everything on your own and tell me how that went for you. You will be miserable, alone, and a broken wretch of a person. Because I ends up alone, isolated, and miserable. Because when all you do is think about I, you're not going to detach yourself from God and you're going to attach yourself from anybody that wants to hang around you because you're too self-centered. You'll be miserable alone. Verse 19, when, the, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, this is what happens. When you do what I want, these are the kind of things that happen. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, this is an obvious statement, anyone living that sort of life is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know as I went through that, lie, that list that you're checking off in your mind, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't. oh, shoo, good, I'm in. Yeah, not so quickly. You just didn't understand some of the words. And some of them we do privately, a lot of them we do corporately, which is why as a church we have to check ourselves over and over again that path we're going can so easily get derailed by exactly what it's talking about here. Idolatry, jealousy, selfishness. I don't like that. I don't. That style of music, that color. A church can get so easily derailed in that. And where does that come from? What, what did it say? 
Is that the Spirit of God leading that? No. That's why when you tell me stuff like that, I don't listen. Because in James, it says, flee from the devil. And that is the devil. If it's I, it's not God. Now, if you come and tell me something that the Spirit of God is leading you to, I will listen, and I will listen intently. But when you're giving your, your opinions of what you like, care less. I'm just letting you know, okay? And I have to apologize this morning. If, if you're a first-time guest this morning... Number one, if you come back ever, I love you and you're going to fit right into this place, okay? But I just, there are some times where we just need to check ourselves. And as I said, I'm not, I'm not always the most, I love that kid back there. <laughs> I want her back. I, 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 I'm, I'm not always the most eloquent, but I made my mind up this summer, I'm not playing the stupid church game anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to try to put lipstick on a pig and say, oh, isn't it beautiful? No, I'm going to call us when we are doing things wrong. And what we have seen is we had a direction. We want to do it. And we even pat ourselves on the back for thinking we've done it. But when we really evaluate who we are and who we've become, we're a few degrees off. And if we don't correct it now, we're going to end up in a place we do not want to be. The kind of church that you left, the kind of church that hurt you, the kind of church that you didn't want to be a part of, the kind of church that you all balked at when we talked about growing. If we're not careful, that's who we become. And so I'm just going to be honest with you. I only get a short amount of time, and so I'm just going to be blunt. And if I step on your... Here's what I said earlier, and it's probably not the most pastoral thing to say. But if the stuff we talk about this morning offends you, you probably would be happier in another church anyway. Because we are going to be talking about who we are and our core value. We are going to be talking about our passion. And if it offends you, then you probably aren't going to fit in. And there are plenty of churches around. They do great things. You might just be happier somewhere else. So I'll just let you know that. And now that I've made everybody uncomfortable, we'll get back into the sin. In case you weren't uncomfortable enough, let's pick out a couple of those, talk about those. I think the sexual immorality and stuff, you got a pretty good handle on those. But idolatry, we, you know, I don't have idols. My neighbor's got a Buddha, but I don't. I don't have an idol. I'm just going to mention a couple of them for us. I'll name the sin. One of them is orange and has long horns. <laughs> Offerings are made down in the downtown area every Saturday evening where we pay homage. And if you don't worship at that church, you worship at the Church of the Maroon. Even though their, their offensive production has been way down and they're looking for some, some extra offerings to help them out, but there's still people that bow at that idol as well, or sports of any kind. And I, I, I'm, I'm not being facetious. I struggle with this too. I, let, me, let me just give you how real of a person I am so you don't think that, oh, I think I'm Pastor Roy. No, I'm worse than probably most of you. Three weeks ago, as I, I was coming home from work, I had some meetings. I was just going to run home, grab a bite to eat. I was going to flip on the news while I'm eating. 
sit down, flip on the TV, it's on for about 30 seconds, and poof, it just goes blank. You know, that's a bummer anyway, but no, this was not just my, my world got flipped upside down. I had no idea what I was going to do now. This was like a major emergency. Part of me, my, my back of my mind is singing because now I get to buy that new TV up in one. I have an excuse. It blew up. I didn't even have to do it. But that's going to take, I've got a meeting. I better call somebody and cancel this meeting because I've got to get to Best Buy. Because if I don't have it tonight, what am I going to do when I get back from the meeting? I know I have, I, it was incredible the panic I'm going through that I might miss some stupid discovery show on something I don't even watch just because I'm not going to be able to have it on tonight when I go to, it was amazing. That's an idol. Anything we worship, anything, anything that has that kind of power in our life is an idol. Sometimes it's our kids. Sometimes it's our church. Anything that gets in the way of God, anything that we give more importance to than God is an idol. Churches, as church, we we can end up there. I need to hurry, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through those. Let me just say, if a church is around these words, these these. These words here, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, jealousy. If that becomes a part of who we are, if that's the way we begin to govern, if that's the way people begin to try to manipulate and gain control, we are headed in a bad direction. That's from the top down. If it, and I'm, that doesn't sound right. That's from your, your pastor on out into the congregation. If that's the way I lead, then we're headed in a wrong direction. If that's the way the congregation leads, that we're headed in a wrong direction. That is where the spirit of I leads us. But, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their eye to the cross, of their sinful natures to the cross, and crucified them there. That's why we say the old is gone, the new has come. If you are going to be a Christian, if you're going to call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, there is no halfway. You can't halfway crucify yourself. You cannot halfway commit yourself. With God, it's all or nothing. You either say, I'm all in, or you fold and walk away from the table. You cannot go halfway with God. You can, there is no half-Lord thing. If we are going to be, as a church, we cannot compromise. We have to say, either God is God and we're following Him, or we're going to be God and we'll call it a country club. One way or the other, we can't we can't do both. It's either his way or no way. Okay? Those belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Okay? That's the word. How's that for an introduction? Now let me get down to what I wanted to say, okay? That's our biblical basis for it. This is what we want to say. 
As we, we're going to be talking about who we are in ministry, what our ministry plan is, what our priorities are in ministry. We will talk about those, those things we're going to be talking about. But this morning, what I wanted to do is give you the general big picture of that. We celebrated five years last, last week. Okay, for five years, we have seen God do some amazing things. We had God groove and grubs last week. By the way, that's real church when you gather with folks. That's real church. Even though we didn't have a service, that's real church. Um, we, we had a service last week, uh, and, and we celebrated that. But we have celebrated five years together, five years of, of getting to baptize babies, five years of putting our arms around uh, folks that have lost loved ones. Of, of saying goodbye to some, some faithful members of this church that were there from day one to, to haul stuff in as we worshiped and, stu- and, and to say goodbye to them and, and know that, that they're going to a different place, a better place. Where we have, we've been able to see people have their lives changed and transformed. In fact, one of our staff members was an atheist. when She, would, she only came because her parents made her when she visited she had broken up with her bad boyfriend, had a bad move, moved home with mom and dad, and they forced her to come to church with them. And I remember it was three years, she would sit over on this side, we were in the, that other building, and I would avoid her glance because she just would glare me down like, you are the biggest idiot on the planet. But we saw how the Spirit of God can transform and turn a life upside down. We've seen that with several instances. We've seen, we've seen families grow and, and change and love and forgive. and it, It's been a tremendous, tremendous ride. But there's been some changes. We've, we've, we've just gone just a hair off. And the biggest part of that is we've lost the heart of what we tried to be. We lost the heart of what we were, what we were aiming at. It became a, it became a nuisance rather than our, our focal point. When, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing we're supposed to do? What, what, how do we make God happy? He gave us two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and... So if we were going to make an overarching, we believe, statement for this church, we believe that God and God alone deserves to be worshipped, that He is in control, that we need to give Him everything we are, thus body, mind, spirit. We, we need to give Him everything we are. But right along with it, equally important, because Jesus said it was, people are important. People are the heart of the church. People, relationships, they're not an option. They are what makes the church. And this is where we have started to struggle. And this is where I start to tick you off and, and, and you're going to get mad at me, but it has to be said. Okay? The heart of this church is about loving people. Anyone can build a building. You can have a nice building. And if we get stuck in our facilities, if we get stuck in what we've accomplished, if we get stuck and we forget just that simple act of extending a hand to somebody and saying hello, if we can't do that, then we might as well pack it in. And what has happened over the last 
since we've moved into a permanent space, what has happened is that's become less important to us. Because I've heard all the excuses. I'm not, I'm not an outgoing person. I, I don't know. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings if I don't know them. I, 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 I've, I've heard it all, and it's a bunch of bunk. I have never had anybody leave this church because I go up to them and say, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. I just want to say hi. I have never, but I've had lots of people tell me they left because no one speaks to them. Right? We cannot say that we love God. We cannot say that we are a Christian church. We cannot say that we are following His rules and His direction if we're not even willing to extend a hand to shake it. I'm not talking, I am not, we, the scripture we said, we need to crucify ourselves in order to please God. I'm not asking you to pick up a cross. I'm asking you to stick your hand out. It's not rockets. It's not hard. It's not that bad. It's, it's, we, if we cannot do that, how can we be a church? We can spend as much money as we want on, on facilities. We can hire the greatest youth director. We can hire the greatest. We can do all that stuff. But if we can't even extend a hand in, in authentic, friendly, warm welcome, how are we going to be a church? The thing that has attracted folks to this place, the, things that it, the reason you came is because there was an authentic, friendly response. But if we're not careful, that thing vanishes in an instant. And we become a cold, dark place just like you left before. Just like you didn't want to be a part of. All of our fears... If we don't adjust now, we end up exactly where we were trying to run from. I was trying to figure out how to say this. And so what I, I thought, five years, five years, how can I talk about the history of the church? And so, and so I came up, I got a chair representing each of the stages of this church. This is, this is it. Five years ago, we... Uh, we were meeting the Briarcliff, and then we, after about six months, we got enough uh, fools to sign on the line to say they'd worship with us if we, if we started worship. So we moved to the resort ranch, and we had this long, skinny building, and we had to pack in a trailer, and we didn't have much. And so we had to be able to fit everything in a trailer, so we had these, these chairs, and we would sit them in there. And these things were uncomfortable, man. You get a butt cramp pretty quick in, in these things. And, but, you know, we would, we would gather there together and no one cared because there was something more important. There was an energy that was going on. There was an excitement that we were getting to be a part of what God was doing, that we had this dream that he was going to accomplish something in our midst and we just could be a part of it. We didn't care what the chairs felt like, and we didn't spend much time in the chairs anyway because we were unloading and loading, and we were getting music ready, and we had our meetings in people's houses, and we, we had Bible studies at people's houses. We weren't confined by a building. We were a church, and after all, the church is a people, not a building, right? And so we didn't care what the chairs were like. We weren't going to be a church that sat around anyway, so the chairs didn't matter. Well, as we got more mature... We couldn't afford that place very long. We were paying like 900 bucks a week for three hours of the space with a congregation of 115 
I mean, we weren't going to be able to sustain that very long. We got the offer of the building down here. Well, now we're talking. Now we don't have to unload and load anymore. Now we get to sort of put down roots. And so now, man, let's go splurge. Walmart padded vinyl chairs. We got our own space now. Even though we don't own it, we get to leave our stuff here. And so we can camp out here a little longer. And they're not perfect. Every once in a while when you sit down, they make a fart noise. And uh, it made the people around you look and see what, what, what happened. But, uh, and you got a little sweaty if it was too hot. But a lot more comfortable than these. And, you know, they're still, you still don't want to stay here very long. But, but we were... You know, that's about the time that people in the church start saying, why, why do we have to do Bible studies in homes? So much more convenient if we just do it in our space. Why do we have to, can't we, just, can't we just do it at the church? Can't you just keep all this stuff here? Why do we have to, yeah, it's just, it was, it was only this much of a move, but it was a move. Well, then, a year and a half ago, we, uh, after planning and praying and sacrificing because of the generosity of this congregation, because of their vision. And please hear me, I am not trying to chide you on everything. I'm just trying to give us a reality check of what we need to do. I am proud of this church. I'm proud of what you've accomplished. And a year and a half ago, we moved into this place. And we got the Cadillac of chairs. This thing, man, I, I'm impressed that most of you can stay awake as you come here because they're pretty darn comfortable and now we have our own building we we did it after three and a half year we did it and and we moved into this place and now we and you know this chair sort of reflects what happened to us oh yes Woo. Man, we worked hard for these chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, no. I'm comfortable. Thank you. Uh, what? I'm not going to shake somebody else's hand. I've got all the friends that we're comfortable. Thank you. Would you stop talking about that church growth stuff? You're going to ruin our church. We're comfortable. I got all the friends I need. Bible. Do I actually have to read? Are you going to do homework? Uh, never mind. Can't we hire somebody to do coffee? Can't we just hire some ushers? Can't we hire some people to do children's ministry? about that far it's a pretty substantial shift I'm, I'm about this far away from putting these chairs back in the sanctuary <laughs> you know I told I told our earlier that we watched a baptism. If you've been to a baptism in this church, you know that that's a three-way covenant. There's a covenant between the family and, and God. 
There's a covenant between God and the child, and there's a covenant between the church and the family. And we have done several baptisms in this church where we as a church have said, we will do whatever it takes to provide you a loving place to nurture your child in their faith. And you all are a bunch of liars. Because we cannot buy people to go sit in our nursery and love on people.